We are in the month of freedom, and just talking about freedom makes me feel guilty <laughs> because I know there are areas in my life that I'm still trying to walk out the freedom that God promised us as believers. So we are gonna take it step by step. I have been assigned the week of talking about freedom in our minds. And that of course includes our thought life. So can't you just imagine and don't you just know that I have had a battle on my hands with my thoughts for the last several weeks? How many of you know that that's what happens? The thing that you wanna focus on is the thing that you really start struggling with. So. I'm preaching to myself and I'm talking to you. That's how it's gonna go this morning. So let's start with this. Our own thoughts are the most determining factor in the trajectory of your life. Now, this isn't, isn't just a bunch of hocus pocus or mind over matter kind of a thing. This is a biblical principle and whoever else has grabbed a hold of it and run with it, so be it. But we have the foundational truth of the scriptures that, that um, bear this out. And we might be tempted to think that it's our family or the culture we came from or the education we had. All of these are, are, are wonderful things, but it's our own thoughts that when you get right down to it, will determine how far you go in life or the lid that's placed over your life. So let's see what we mean by that. Your thoughts have shaped who you are today. And it's really tempting to not believe this. It's really tempting to believe that the circumstances of your childhood have shaped who you are today. And of course that plays a part. It's very tempting to believe that the breaks you didn't get growing up, the privileges you didn't get growing up, have shaped who you are today. And of course, that plays a part. All of the factors that make us who we are are, are mixed in, but the most determining factor will be what you think about the things that have happened to you, what you have told yourself about the things that have happened to you, what you believe about the circumstances that have happened to you. Let's see what the Bible says about this. Do not copy the behavior and customs of the world, but let God transform you into a new person. Now, as a Christian, this is something that I want, something that I strive for, which I'm not supposed to strive for, I'm supposed to just you know, walk in God's goodness, but I still strive for it. So how does he transform us as Christians into this new person? What is there a magic fairy dust? Does an angel come alongside me and, and fight all my battles? What, what is it? By changing the way you think. How simple, how profound, how easy, how incredibly difficult to change the way we think. It doesn't really matter how old you are, how young you are, we've all struggled with our thoughts. We've all had thoughts that we think, I shouldn't be thinking this, or, or ideas that we think, I should be thinking more about this, and it's a struggle. It's a common denominator for all of us. But then you will learn, when you change the way you think, you will learn how to know God's will for you, which is good which is pleasing, which is perfect. 
as Christians, we are instructed to renew our mind. Another translation says, instead of changing the way you think, another translation says, by renewing your mind. This is something that we do. This isn't something that God does. He doesn't come in and rearrange our thoughts and cause us to think things. No, this is a, a, a responsibility of every believer to change the way we think, to change the way we think, which changes the way we believe. To decide that we're going to take hold of God's word and think God's thoughts. Believe what God has said is true. Changing the way you think changes your perspective. It gives you a mindset. And when you change your perspective, you see something different, don't you? Um, those of us that are married, we know if we've had a particularly difficult week and if we've allowed our thoughts to be negative about the relationship or negative about the problems that we're having or are fearful about the future of our relationship or fearful about the future of your health or whatever, we know that those fearful thoughts, those negative thoughts, change the way we look at that relationship, change the way we think about that relationship. I know as a newlywed, um, most newlyweds think good thoughts about their mate, think good thoughts about the relationship. Have, they're still on the rainbows and, and pixie dust stage of life, and they think good thoughts. But as time goes on, as years pass, as circumstances happen, as situations and battles come up, it changes the thoughts that we think about that person that we have committed ourselves to. And when the thoughts that we think start to change, then our perspective towards that person changes. And now they're not quite so perfect. And now they're not quite so funny when they say those things. And now I don't quite appreciate it anymore when they do that because my perspective has changed. And my perspective has changed because I've started changing the thoughts that I think about this man that I'm committed to or about this relationship that I have joined myself to. So it's really, really important that we recognize the battle is for our mind. The battle isn't the circumstance. The battle isn't the person. The battle is for the thoughts in your mind, how you react to that circumstance. The emotions that come from your thoughts about what's happening to you. The battle is for your It's true. It's true. The battle is for your mind. Let's begin. Let's keep going with Jesus. It's always a good place to start. He said, repent for the kingdom of heaven has come near. Now he's talking with his disciples and it's kind of the start of his public ministry. He had healed some people and cast some demons out of people and done these phenomenal miracles. But now he's gotten away with his disciples because the crowds had gotten so large and he wanted to spend some time with his his, his, his tight buddies, the, the men that he had decided to pour the most time and instruction into. And the, one of the first things he says to them is repent. That means change the way you're thinking. And I think it's profound that one of the, the, the first things that Jesus spent time teaching his disciples, those that were the closest to him, those that would represent him in the world going forward, he said, you guys need to change the way you're thinking. 
change the way you're thinking about me. And then he goes on to do the sermon on what we call the Sermon on the Mount. They didn't call it that. He was just had gone up to a mountain and started teaching, but we call it the Sermon on the Mount. And all of those things, blessed are the poor, blessed are they that hunger and thirst, blessed are those, those are all saying, change the way you think about the powerful, change the way you think about the rich, change the way you think about those that are humble, change the way you think about the kingdom of God and who's gonna inherit it. And so Jesus is telling his disciples, the first thing I need you to do is to change your thinking in this area. You think you know who God is? You think you know who the son is gonna be? You don't. You think you know who God's gonna bless and what God's gonna do to inherit the kingdom of earth, you don't know. And I need you to change your mind. I need you to change your thoughts. And so he spent those three years working with his disciples, but he didn't just say, change your mind, stop thinking this. Then he ended it by saying, now let me tell you what I want you to know, what I want you to change your mind to. You are the salt of the earth. You are important to this kingdom that is coming. You are the light of the world. We don't put that light under a bushel and bury or under a basket and hide it. We shine. And so not only did he say, I want you to change this thinking, he also said, I want you to think this way. Because if you think this way, you'll start to feel this way. And when you start to feel this way, you will start to behave this way. Amen? Amen. All right, as a church, we are entering into a new season. And most new seasons are fun. This is a fun new season. And those of us sitting here this morning are all entering a season. You might be right in the middle of it. Uh, Your kids might be going away to college. You might be just enlarging your family. You might be starting a new business. You might be just starting to go to school, whatever new things are happening for you, or you'll be coming into new things. And with every new season, we need new thinking. We need new thinking. We need new thinking. I need new thinking for the new season I'm going into. I I need to think a different way to allow God to speak to me so that he can change the way I think so that I don't miss the opportunities he's bringing my way. And as a church, as a leadership, as pastors and staff and members, we are committing ourselves to allow God to change our thinking so that we no longer think as a small community, but we start to think as a community that can welcome everyone, that can welcome new people, that can welcome the people in Apopka and all around. We need him to change our thinking about what generosity is. We need him to change our thinking about what it's like to be in a relationship with him on a daily basis. We need him to change our thinking what it means like to live in community together. We need him to change our thinking what it means to parent in the 21st century. We need to change our mind. Amen? There's so many things that God has planned for us, but if we don't change the way we're thinking, if we don't allow God to speak something new to us in this season, the door of opportunity will remain closed to us. Because we have to see, we have to have the mindset, God, I want what you have for me in this season. I'm not sure I like this season. I'm a little bit fearful because I don't know what's going to happen. I'm not really sure that this is the right place for me with the kids all. I don't really know what's going to happen. But I know that I want you to change my thoughts. I know when I change my thinking, 
my feelings, my emotions will line up with my thoughts. This I know. And so if I'm feeling fearful right now, if I'm feeling anxious right now, if I'm feeling um, afraid right now, doubting you, I'm gonna change my thinking. It starts there. It is so hard to do and so simple that we can all do it. Okay, let's keep going. Your thoughts determine what you will become tomorrow. Really? You think so? Isn't it more like the opportunities that come? Isn't it more like the person whose hand I shook at the fundraiser? Isn't it really more about what school I went to? Isn't it really more about who I married or who my parents know? It's really about my thoughts. It's really about what I think about on a continual basis, what I meditate on. We hear the word meditate and we think it just means with our Bibles open and us sitting by a, a babbling brook or something that that's meditating. But meditating means basically you're just thinking something over and over. You're thinking deeply about it. You're, it's going over and over in your mind. So we can actually be meditating on negative thoughts. We can be meditating on thoughts that are fearful. What about the future? What about, we don't, what if our money runs out? What if, we, what if my child turns us back on God? What if I get, that's also meditation. You're thinking and ruminating and, and, and I love it. We were going up, my mother would always say, put your thinking caps on girls. And I never really, I mean, I, I kind of knew what she meant, but it was always strange, but she was always saying that to us. Put your thinking caps on. I guess she just wanted us to pay attention to what we were doing. We must've been doing some really silly things, but. So put our thinking caps on this morning because meditation isn't just the good things. You can be meditating on all the wrong thoughts, on all the wrong things, on the things that God has said, don't worry, don't, take, don't give a thought to that. Don't give a thought to that. Your father in heaven has that taken care of. You don't need to spend any mental space, any mental real estate thinking about that. Figuring that out, your father who is in heaven cares about you. You don't need to worry about that. Don't give any thought to worry. Amen? Amen. Here we go. Now we know this verse. As someone thinks within himself, so he is. Most of us have learned this verse in Sunday school growing up. We know the stories. We know that God loves us. We know that God died on the cross for our sins. We know that he has a wonderful plan, a plan that's better than anything I can envision, you can envision. But I don't believe that we think about these things. I think that we know the stories, but I don't think that we meditate as much as we should on these things. Because if we did, I think our thought life would reflect that. As, a, as someone thinks within himself, so he is. So when you sit and you think, which we're gonna talk about that in a moment, how rare that is for people to do, what are your thoughts? 
The Bible says that Jesus loves you. Are your thoughts of a person who is fully loved? The Bible says as a daughter and as a son, he accepts you. Do your thoughts reflect that? That I am fully accepted in Christ. That stupid thing I did last night doesn't discount me, doesn't take me away from God's love. That decision I made that, 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 that was foolish, that doesn't disqualify me. I am loved and I am accepted in Christ. Is that what your thoughts are about? Or is it, I'm so stupid. I can't believe I did that. I can't believe I said that. I can't believe I went there. I can't believe I ate that. I mean, you know, come on. We're trying to, all of us are trying to. Do our thoughts reflect what we say we believe? Because this verse is true. As what I think about, that will manifest itself in my life. Where my thoughts go, my life will follow. Where my thoughts go, my emotions will follow because my thoughts inform my emotions. If I sit and I think, um, call to mind right now, everyone will have something different, but think of something that just makes you smile. It might be a, a, your grandchild, it might be your spouse on a good day, it makes you smile. Might be. I mean, it could be whatever. A, a, a kitten frolicking with a ball of yarn. I mean, whatever it is that makes you smile. I don't know. I like cats. If you think about that thought long enough, you're going to start to feel something. You're going to start to feel happy or giggly or whatever. Because your thoughts inform your emotions how to feel. So if you're thinking negative thoughts and, 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 and thoughts that are anxious and thoughts that are wrong, thoughts that are evil, thoughts that, thoughts that are lustful, thoughts that are devious and conniving, you're going to start feeling those things. People wonder why. It, it, I don't know why I did that. I don't know why I did that. Well, I know exactly why you did that because you thought about doing that. And you thought about doing it so much that then you felt like you wanted to do it. And then your feet went ahead and did it. That's why you did it. Because it starts with a thought. It all starts with a thought. That's why the Bible says capture each thought. Capture it. Treat it like it is. It's either a thought for your good that will bless you and bring health and prosperity to your soul. Or it's a thought that will cast you into a pit that you have to climb your way out of, you have to spin your way out of, you have to talk your way out of. Our thoughts are powerful. A thought is not just a thing. A thought is a thing that affects other things in our life. All right, I must keep going. Your mind is a renewable source that needs care. It's, it's really popular now to talk about renewable sources of energy. Our brain is God's renewable source of energy. Up until a couple of decades ago, uh, scientists thought, neuro, neuro people thought, that our brains were hardwired, that they were fixed, and they couldn't adapt. And you had what you had, your IQ was what it was, and, and, and nothing could really change. But that's not true. 
that's no longer, they know it's, it never was true, but now they're finding out that it isn't true. That's why it says, as we think in our, our heart, it will be, because our thoughts can change the actual structure of our brain. If you wanna, there's a whole lot of research and I can get you the books and if you have any trouble sleeping at night, you can crack one of those open and it'll just, you'll just nod right off. Unless you love learning about DNA and RNA and all of those things, you know, I can take about 10 minutes of it and then I'm just like, okay, I'm out, I'm out. But some of you might love it. So I can get you those resources if you want to. But we're not taking time this morning. Just trust that it's true. Our mind is a renewable source that needs care. It needs care. The, the proper care and feeding of our mind. We talk so much about stewardship and, and rightly so. Stewardship of our finances, worshiping God with our money, helping others with the resources that God has given us, being a blessing, asking God for blessings so that we can be a blessing. We talk a lot about stewardship of our children, so important. Stewardship of our marriage, to be an example, to be mentors, to be guides. But I wanna to talk to you about stewardship of our mind, of our mind. The thing that houses, it's intangible, but it houses our thoughts and our consciousness and our decisions. It's what informs our brain of what to do. And there's a way to care for our mind that is a good steward of it. And so we're gonna talk about three of those things very quickly. How do I renew my mind? First thing, simple, easy peasy, take every thought captive. Isn't that easy to do? Has anybody tried to do that when you're on a, when your mind's on a loop and just like you cannot stop fretting? You can't, your worrying's not changing a thing, of course, but it's making you feel good because you're doing something by worrying constantly about it. We demolish arguments. I love these fighting words of Paul. We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. How many pretensions in my mind, how many things have I exalted in my mind that has set itself up against what God has said is truth? I don't know if we're gonna get past this next. I don't know, this circumstance looks pretty dire. I don't know. I don't know if this relationship can be mended. I don't know, this is the big one, Elizabeth. This one might take us out. Exalting ourself, exalting thoughts above what God has said is true. And we take every thought captive to make it obedient to Christ. And that is tough to do. Think about the last time you took a thought captive. It's hard. It's hard because that thought has been rumbling around in your brain for so long, you don't even remember that you're thinking about it. You realize, you become aware, I shouldn't be thinking this about my husband. I shouldn't be thinking this about my wife. I shouldn't be thinking this about God's goodness and care for my family. I shouldn't be thinking about why God allowed this to happen. I shouldn't, by the time we've captured and realized, wait a minute, what am I thinking here? This isn't, this isn't what God has said is truth. By the time we realize that to capture it, we've been thinking about it and thinking about it and thinking about it and thinking about it. 
but we have to capture every thought. And it is hard work. Thinking burns calories. Did you know that, ladies? Thinking burns calories. It's hard work. So we're going to start a new diet, the Thinkers Anonymous. And we're going to think our way to losing whatever. Whatever lie our mind has told us we need to lose. Because we're perfect in Christ, right? Okay. Take every thought captive. That's hard work. But it's not something that God does for us. God doesn't come in and rearrange the synapses in our brain and rearrange our thought or take out memories. We have to do that. That is our job to do that. It's our job to renew our mind. It's our job to take the thoughts captive. Hallelujah. Take every thought captive. This is the renewal and care of our mind. Get alone with God. This is a surprise to me. I would think of the three things we're going to discuss that this would be the easiest. Get alone with God. How hard can that be? Find a babbling brook. Get out a journal. Put a kitten on your lap to stroke. And just get alone with God. I'm on a cat kick today. I don't know why, people. I don't even have a cat. But I love them. But what can be so hard about this? Be still. And know that I am God. You don't even have to read the scripture. You can just, just be still. Let God speak to your mind. Let God impress things upon your spirit. Let God speak to you. But you know what? The studies say, studies from Harvard, from University of Virginia, there's a bunch of them. You can, you can read them if you want. That people, surveyed of people between 17 and 77, so that includes me and includes all of y'all, except maybe you on the front, Brandon. But it includes us. And it says that the majority of those people would rather be, have shock, like, a, like an electrical shock, electrode, than be alone with their own thoughts from anywhere from six minutes to 15 minutes. What? That is crazy to me. That you would rather feel physical pain than sit by yourself, by a stream or in a room, and think thoughts. Think your own thoughts. Not You're not reacting to somebody else's thought, which we're famous for, letting somebody else teach us and let somebody else sing and let somebody else, and we just react to that. No, this is your own thoughts that you would rather have physical pain than do that. So I, I was thinking about that because I just can't wrap my head around that. And I got to thinking, you know what? Well, so what are people thinking when they get alone? How horrifying must your own thoughts be to want anything else besides don't make me be alone with my thoughts. That tells me our thoughts, that we're not taking our thoughts captive. It tells me that we're listening to our mortal enemy, which is Satan, who loves to lie to us loves to implant thoughts that are not the truth, thoughts that you are worthless, thoughts that no one's ever gonna love you, thoughts that you are never gonna be a success in the eyes of your wife, in the eyes of your peers, in God's eyes. Those are lies. And I, it tells me when people are so afraid and distasteful of being alone and letting God speak to them or even alone with their own thoughts, it tells me people are believing lies. And the thoughts that they're telling themselves must be horrifying. The thoughts that they're thinking, what they believe to be true. Because 
God has said, you know, just if you'll just be still. If you'll just turn off the worship music, I love worship music. Just turn off the podcast, I love podcasts. Just turn off the teachers, we love teachers. Turn And just be still. Let me speak with you. Let me commune with you. Remember he walked in the garden with Adam and Eve? He wants to do that with us, but we need to be still. He is, he is God, remember, and he doesn't take sloppy seconds. He doesn't take our leftovers. He says, be still. Let me speak peace to you. Let me speak comfort to you. Let me speak life to you. I will give you life. I will stir up hope in you. If you'll just be still, let me speak to you. Let me address your thinking. Think my thoughts. Don't think your thoughts. Don't think negative thoughts. Don't think prideful thoughts. Don't think you're better. Don't think you're less. Think what God thinks. Think, well, how do I, how do I even know if, you're, if I can't take my Bible and I can't take my worship tape and I can't take my, what do I, what do I think about? Think about God, what he said about himself, how he's revealed himself through the scriptures. It says here in Philippians, this is what he wants us to think about. We think God's thoughts toward us but specifically, whatever is noble. Noble means brave, virtuous, honorable. You can think about those things all day long. Ponder those things. Think about what is right. Another translation says, think about truth. Think about truth. Not someone's opinion, not someone's poll. Think about truth. Think about that. Let the truth of God's word get all the way down to your heart. Let the truth of God's word start changing your thoughts so that your emotions can start being healed, so that your habits can be broken, your behaviors changed. Whatever is lovely, Whatever is pure. If your thoughts are, if your mind is given toward thinking thoughts that are not pure, take that thought captive. That's not, God says, think about these things. If anything is excellent, if anything is praiseworthy, that's why people love art, good art. You, you, can, you can draw, paint. Go to a museum. It doesn't have to be, you don't have to think about just scripture. Think about anything that's excellent, anything that's praiseworthy. A, a, a concert, someone playing their instrument excellently. Think about things that are praiseworthy. Think about those things. Let your thoughts start being renewed because when our thoughts are renewed, God changes us into his likeness. Amen? Amen. I'm going to end with a story. A story is told of a captain of a ship who looked out one night into the vast darkness. And he saw a light that was right in his path up ahead. So he instructed the signalman of the boat to send a message. He said, alter your course 10 degrees north. 
and reply came back, alter your course 10 degrees south. We got a little bit annoyed. He sent a second message. Alter your course 10 degrees north. I am a captain. The reply came back. Alter your course 10 degrees south. I am third class seaman Jones. Captain is pretty ticked off now. He said, alter your course 10 degrees north. This is a battleship. The reply came back. Alter your course 10 degrees south. I am a lighthouse. And that is the truth of God's word. It is a lighthouse to us. It doesn't move, it doesn't change, it just sends out that beacon of hope, that beacon of light, that beacon of truth, that beacon of transformation. And no matter how we bluster, I am a captain. I, God, you can't do this to me. You shouldn't allow this to happen. God, I am a captain. His word is still truth. His word is still going to be honored by God. And you need to arrange your thoughts and feelings to line up with the thing that will not change. We go, I'm a battleship, change your course. God, you can't let this happen to me. You don't know how much I've given up for you. You can't allow this. I'm a battleship, darn it. I'm the lighthouse. I know about your circumstance. I know about your situation. I know about your son. I know about your daughter. I know about your husband. I know about your body. I am a lighthouse. I know you haven't taken me by surprise. You haven't caught me off guard. I wasn't sleeping. I wasn't out playing golf. I know your circumstance. I'll take care of it. I'm the lighthouse. I am the source for what you need. Change our thoughts change our life change your thoughts renew your mind and God transforms us when our mind is renewed Pastor David will join me there was something that I had read earlier if you go back and study the Sermon on the Mount and where Jesus is talking with his disciples in chapter 4. Matthew is referring to an Old Testament prophecy in Isaiah. And I wanted to read that because he's speaking of Jesus. And the words just pierced me for some reason. It says, the people who sat in darkness have seen a great light. And for those who lived in the land where death casts its shadow, a light has shined. And some of us this morning are sitting in a place where death has cast its shadow. You don't think God knows, but he does. He wants you to trust him this morning. The light is here. The light of God's word. The light of the gospel. He's here. He knows. 